G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast, exclusively brought to you by the Oz American Aces as always. I'm one of your hosts, Adzi Trelaw, and with me as always, my best mate uh, over there in Brisbane, Joshy Dunkley. How you going, mate? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, going well. It's uh, It's been a, uh, another good week for the both of us. Um, that omen is still continuing when uh, <laughs> when you won that game. Um, obviously, we played before us. I uh, I thought, oh, this could be a good omen. Hopefully, this continues the, the streak for us, and it did, which is great. Do you reckon you uh, penciled the win in for Sunday after we won on Friday night? Yep, I did. I said, that's how the world's <laughs> working at the moment, um, where we're bound to win, because as we've been talking about, that seems to be what happens quite a bit. But um, other than that, it was, a, it was a nice week. It was a, a nice long break for us. We haven't had a um, no, we haven't had a real long break like we did. We we played the prior Friday and then obviously played Sunday. So we had a nice nine-day break where a couple um, you know, training sessions in there where we can actually have meaningful training sessions. So it was nice to uh, have a bit of a break going into the game on Sunday. What did you get up to during the week? Yeah, for me, it was pretty similar to a normal week, mate. We had a bit of a um, – well, we played Saturday the week before, so it was a shorter turnaround for us and just the usual training stuff. And uh, we always get Wednesdays off up here. So been doing a bit of study, as I've talked about. You know, we both do the same course, I think. So um, that's been good to to knock out of the way a little bit. But, yeah, it was a shorter week into the Sydney game, which was, um, yeah, very promising, as we'll touch on later. It'd be rude for us not to mention uh, one of my dear, dear friends and your little brother, Kaiser. It's his birthday, so um, we definitely need to give him a shout-out for his birthday. So happy birthday, Kaiser. Yep, happy birthday to Kaiser. I think he's 23 <laughs> today. Um, we actually just had one. Uh, have you had a bee sting before? Actually, good question. Like a legitimate bee sting? No, no, no. The food, like the um, cake, the no, bee sting. No. So it's like, remember, remember when we went to that bakery? You and I, and on the uh, way out to Brizzy. Yes, yes, I do and remember. And Kaiser yes. was there too. Remember yep. I got that bee sting? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, I do now, yeah. So the funny so thing we is we just had, yeah, we had a bee sting cake for Kaiser for his birthday. <laughs> so there you go. Those that uh, that have tried the bee sting will know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, make sure you get down to the local bakery and give it a go. He would have loved it. Did you get him anything for his birthday, I know you'd usually go out for your siblings and your and your parents. I've got no doubt you would have got him something nice. Or maybe or maybe yeah. the fact that uh that uh you're housing him up there in Brisbane is, is the is the present that the present of love that you give him, maybe. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll just give him a chop out on his week rent or something. But uh no, nah, I went I got him something. I got him a I actually just got him a voucher, pretty plain and simple, but um for he loves his acne studios clothes, so I got him a voucher for that. Oh, that's good because I reckon, uh, um, yeah, as as you said, we'll touch on what we're doing later on and, and I've got to buy this week, but I'm going to try and sneak up to Brisbane as I will and try and see you, but uh, maybe I can have a chat with you to see what I can get him because as you said, he likes his uh, clothing and I don't know what to get him. I actually got no idea because last time it was my birthday this year, he got me a nice pair of shoes, so uh, I might, might have to get him uh, something that rivals that. I've still got to give you your birthday present too, half of it that uh, oh, yeah. I didn't give you. Remember, I didn't give you half of it, so maybe I'll be able to do that on Sunday. Was that was that when we won at the uh, meat raffle? Yeah, remember I gave <laughs> you those um, shorts. Oh yes, that was sick. They're nice. They're nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, it, it, I mean, it is a little bit too cold to wear. I don't know if uh, you've been checking the weather here in Melbourne, but I just went outside before and it was a cool nine degrees. I don't know what it is up there, but mate, it is crazy cold. Mate, I constantly check the weather in Melbourne just so it makes me feel a little bit better when I walk outside and it's 22, 23 <laughs> and uh, I'm checking it and it's always about, you know, less than 13 down there. So um, it is very nice up here at the moment. I must admit that, you know, the, all the talk about the winters and um, all that in Queensland is just, it is incredible. It gets cold overnight. So like right now it's probably 13, 12, gets down to like 10. And then in the morning, you wake up and from about 8 till 10 o'clock, it just warms up. So by the time yeah. we're training, it is beautiful. Lucky, it's so good. Lucky, lucky you. Before we um, get into our, uh, our usual segments, did you see the celebrations of the Denver Nuggets and a couple of uh, funny things yeah. that, um, you know, that we, we obviously had seen it last week, but we weren't able to talk about the celebrations that went on. It's so funny how relaxed Nikola Jokic is. I know we touched about it last week, but the fact that he's even now already over in Serbia and he's already at the races watching his horses, it's actually mind-boggling that he, it's almost like he doesn't even really care, does he? 
No, he doesn't. It, 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 it's that's exactly what it seems like. It's crazy. He's just one of those guys that obviously has his life outside of um, basketball set up, and he, you know he knows what he what he loves and what he wants to do. So credit to him because he's got that he's got that chip now, man. He's he's a he's a um, all time player as well. So yeah, great great for him to be able to get that and celebrate the way that he is. And even I was looking at um, that Christian Brown or Christian Braun. And there's always yep. players that, you know, there's players like myself who throughout my whole footy career and sporting career, really, from when I was young, I've never been able to win a premiership or championship, whatever it may be. That Christian Brown, high school championship into an NCAA championship last year and now into an NBA champion. and made me think that how people are so incredibly, you know, fortunate to be in the situation that they're in. Clearly, they've worked hard to get there, but just... He must be on uh, on cloud nine at the moment. It's just unbelievable for him to have won three rings in a row and, and at the elite level. Yeah, it's incredible. And even now, boy, Jack White, he's gone NBL champion to NBA champion. And it's just incredible the way that things work. But very lucky to be involved, that's for sure. Yeah, well, it made me think um, of any AFL players or anyone that I know that has won it, that hasn't, that just can't get away from winning. I found out that uh, one of my great teammates and one of your ex-teammates, Taylor DeRay, he he won a twos-twos premiership, a TAC Cup premiership, a twos premiership, so the VFL premiership, and then an AFL grand final. So he's won, he's won at every level and hasn't gotten away from winning. And here I am over here, haven't won anything. So uh, <laughs> the joys of the joys of not winning. But it just as I said, it's just mind blowing that um that people can't get away from winning. And one other thing. Speaking about, we we promised last week we were going to talk about basketball. We've started talking about basketball. I um, I, I went to Southland to go get a nice uh, hot chocolate from Max Brenner. Have you had a hot hot chockey from Max Brenner? Nah, mate. No. I reckon you have. There's one in there's one in Brisbane. Oh, it might have been Kaiser that I took him there, and he absolutely loves him. But anyway, um, I went for a bit of a wander because it was late night shopping. I wanted to go buy some shop, uh, buy some clothes at industry, and there's a nice basketball store there. So. It's called NBA Jersey World, and um, you know when when NBA players come down, there's there's hot spots that they go to. There's like Chadston and, and the Melbourne Central, but this place in Southland is one of those places they go to. And coincidentally, yeah. I was walking in and I seen there was a line, and I was like, "What the heck's going on here?" Looked inside, Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson was inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I went to line up. I was like, "Oh, what should I do?" I don't know if I should, but yeah, it's a bit of a um, it's a bit funny that he was there. Did you line up? Oh, I looked at doing it, but I was like, oh, I'm embarrassed, so I'll just get walking. <laughs> yeah, what if the line just started, just turned around and started coming for you? No, nah, no, nah, they wouldn't, mate. When they look at Cam Johnson, six foot ten, absolute beast of a man, they're going to realize that this guy's something special, which he is. So um, I thought that was a nice little story for the week. Did you have anything exciting happen for your week? No, nah, not really, mate. Not really. <laughs> um, actually, what about Crozzy? The AFL posted about Crozzy meeting all the, the NBA players in the in, – in uh, over, overseas, and he saw Cam Johnson as well. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, did his hammy on the weekend, though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. The poor bloke. He's uh, going to miss a fair bit of time, and we send our love to him because we love him. Speaking of those photos, though, what's that? What's that thing that he was wearing in it that everyone gives him a bit of sh- shit about? Is it a, f- a fedora oh, or something? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, fedora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get him to roll it at the footy club. I might um make sure he has a listen and sends it through, but um. We're going to keep talking rubbish here. We should probably start getting into it. Um, as always, we start off with our uh, with obviously our AFL review and we talk about um, the week that was. Um, I, I guess we'll start off with not our games. We'll start off with just footy in general. And, um, mm. you know, I guess there's a lot to talk about. Um, Tim Taranto, I still can't – it still blows my mind the fact that Tim Taranto, um, you know – well, a month ago, Kane Corn said he wasn't in the top 150 players, and and personally, I believe he's probably leading the Brownlow right up there with Zach Butters at the moment. He's having an incredible season. Yeah, he is. He's one of those players that's just consistently playing well, and obviously, being at a new club myself, I know how hard it is to get used to the way that the team plays. But he's really put the boys on his shoulders, and um, I think without him, they'd probably be struggling, to be honest. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 flying at the moment. We've I think we've got him in a couple of weeks, so we'd look forward to um, playing against him. And but yeah, as you said, incredible player and going really well at the moment, which is good. Do you reckon? Because um, as you said, oh, I mean, it's a little bit harder for you because you're obviously I'm Brizzy, where there's not much footy news or spotlight on you. Or from what I believe, there isn't, is there? You don't get much footy 
I guess nah, headlines. It's more more about the NRL. Yeah, for sure. Do you reckon um, Timmy's seen any of that? I guess negative press towards him, and you know, try try to take it in his own stride and want to prove, I guess, people wrong and show him that he is one of the best players in the competition. Yeah, I think he's come on record and actually spoken about it. Maybe post game, he's done an interview or something. I remember seeing something where he was like, "Yeah, I heard what Kane said," like, and. You know what? He, everyone's got to have their opinion, but it gives me motivation each day and I go in there and work and um, do my thing and I know that I can you know, get out there on the weekend and play good footy. So it's a credit to him because, as you said, it's a, it's a fishbowl in Melbourne and um, mm. there's so many uh, people talking about you and as soon as someone like Kane Corns comes out and says something about you, then the whole world knows about it. So, mm. yeah, for him to really take it in his stride and, and back up week after week has been very impressive. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I, I, I totally agree with that. I reckon, you know, I reckon he's taken, taken it in his stride and, and not that he's gone above and beyond or trying to go above and beyond what his team requires, but, um, you know, we're really seeing an absolute guy turning into a, a superstar of the competition who has already been a really good player, has won a best and fairest at the Giants and, mm. um, you know, has probably been a part of all Australian squads. So it's great to see. We I love seeing guys that, get to flourish in in what has been a challenging situation for him and he's well and truly doing that. And as I said, I reckon he's right. I reckon the last five games, he's probably 15 votes. Could have polled, you know, or maybe a weekend, maybe Dusty gets the three on the weekend. He probably gets the two, but or even Trent Cotchin. And for what it's worth, Trent Cotchin, what an unbelievable game he played, but what an unbelievable yep. career he's had. Yeah, he's just, just he's a very, um, you look from afar, I think, at people and across the competition and you're like, you know, you want to be like him and, Trent Cotchin's one of those guys that I feel like you want to be like as a player. Mm. And not only is his on-field stuff, but his leadership, his off-field, the way that he carries himself and his family, like it's just a – he's a great role model for every young kid out there, I believe, to um, to really look up to and see what he's done because he's, yeah, well, single-handedly sort of turned the Richmond Footy Club around a little bit, you know, when he picked up that captaincy and copped a lot of criticism when he was young and um, has now let him – to a number of premierships and they're a great side in the competition. So congratulations to him on his 300th, but I'm sure there's a few more left out there. Mate, I, I totally agree. I have the utmost respect for, for Trent Cotchin, one of the greatest players that I've definitely played against. The fact that he was able to change his game. He's seriously changed his game from being, as you said, someone who was, um, you know, he was criticized a bit when he was younger and unfairly as well because, you know, you could see – he played with such a passion and a want to be great, and he was, and he went out there and obviously won a Brownlow, best Ferris All-Australian. And then there was clearly a point in time when he realized he kind of needed to change, and it was probably around the time when he became captain, changed kind of the way that his defensive-minded style of play. Not that he wasn't defensive-minded, it was just to take it to another level. And he really was one of those first guys, or definitely from what I remember, one of those first guys that really took that on off his own back and laid the big tackles, put his body on the line, ran hard defensively, just did did things that really stood out to you. And and when you came up against Richmond, especially during those 17, 18, 19, 20 years when they were obviously right up there and, and they're playing unbelievable footy now, you knew that you were going to get your absolute best from him and, and his defensive side of the game was something that you had to really watch because, yeah, it's inspiring. That's what he did for his team. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you, mate. He's an absolute superstar of our game and one of the great greatest Richmond players of all time. So congratulations to, to Koch. Um, did you see uh, what a crazy week it would have been for Quentin Narkle and, um, you know, the fact that he was a mid-season pick and then got to debut for his new team against his old team, which would have been pretty crazy. Yeah, I, when I saw that uh, he was actually playing, I was a bit shocked because um, I, I saw that he got drafted, you know, obviously, in the mid-season draft, but... To be playing against the Cats, you know, obviously, I think Junior Rioli was out um, and didn't play. So he came in and man, he he played really well, I thought. I played mm. his role to perfection. Um, probably didn't know a lot of the game plan as well. So yeah. huge hats off to him because he would have just been running out there thinking, what am I doing? Like <laughs> team doing? structure and <laughs> things like that, like preseason, whether he's fit enough, like who knows? But he was obviously prepared and, and knew what he was doing because um, played a yeah, a great game for Port, and they they look good again. So, um, yeah, they're, they're one of those teams now that are, you come up against, and you're a bit concerned if you're not at your best that they'll uh, that they'll take it right up to you. Agreed, mate. They're flying at the moment, and definitely, as you said, he, I reckon he would have been playing off instinct, which is probably not not necessarily the worst thing because 
when players play instinctually and, and he's clearly got class and talent and he kicked two goals for what it's worth as well and was part of a win, mm. um, that starts to shine. So maybe it's hopefully the, I guess, the kickstart now for his second part of his journey and hopefully he can have a long footy career, which um, which we all hope. And we love hearing those stories because as you've said before in, in past episodes, where it's almost like we're one big you know, footy community ourselves, the footy players, we all support each other and, and love hearing great stories. So big shout out to um to Quint Knuckle. Um oh we, we obviously touched on Koch and, and playing his round of the game and um you know what a what an amazing achievement that is in terms of games played. Have you ever thought about oh firstly do you track your games at all and do you know how many games you've played? If I were to ask you how many games you've played, could you tell me? Right now? Nah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't know. I think I'd played I think I played about 116 before I came to the line. So do the math. I don't really keep track unless I'm getting close to a milestone. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I don't, you, what about you? Do you know how many you've played? So funny thing is I never did before this year purely because this is my reason. I showed you when you, when you actually stayed with me, I track my, so I've started this diary now where I, I it's on my, um on my iPad where, it's just like a diary of of my each game and my feelings before the game. I talk about my feelings before the game, and I talk about um, you know how the game went, and then post game. But I have all like the time of the game, where it's played, what number of game it is for me, and then the result of the game down the bottom. And then I reflect on it after the game. So by the end of now my career, I want to be able to you know look back and you know, hopefully in three or four years' time, when I started tracking this, I can look back to the game that it was at. And be like, oh, that's how I felt. That's what I was feeling. Um, so yeah, for what it's worth, I can tell you, I played my 222nd game on the weekend. So <laughs> I um I do know how, I do know how many games I've played now. So prior to this year, I was the same as you. I didn't I didn't know other than milestones. Obviously, never tracked that stuff. But yeah, I think it's um pretty cool that I can track it along the journey. But um you know, sec- second of the question I was going to ask you, and it's a hard one for you because and it's it's probably different for both of us because we're both at different stages in our career. I'm obviously a little bit older. How many games do you reckon you've got left in you? Oh, well, <laughs> it's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, it is a hard one. Okay, okay. Uh, let me let me, me ask it, again. So, you, so, you, so you're at 100. You'd say, let's say you're at 126. What would realistically, what would you be happy to have played? And I know I, I want to. I want you to be. I don't want you to go. Oh, 150 or 200. Like from now for the rest of your career, when you can play to, what do you reckon you'd be happy that you get to? No, well, I always remember growing up and setting myself a goal. I wanted to play. 200 AFL games. That that was my goal. So if I was to play 200 AFL games, I'd be very grateful and very satisfied. But then everything else after that is is obviously a bonus. So for me, um, yeah, from the start, from the get-go, I definitely wanted to do that. Uh, but yeah, hopefully I can play a few more. I know that I've missed about 30-odd already through mm. traumatic injuries, injuries that I can't really control um, with the shoulders mm. and the ankles and things like that. So uh, yeah, hopefully, as you said, there's no more longer-term injuries, touch wood, um, and we can play, yeah, 200-plus because I've got to beat Panda. He played 217, the old man. I so I've got, to get, I've got to make sure that I get him. I remember that because I remember I, I remember when I passed him because we spoke about it last year. New Year's, actually. We spoke about how many games you played and how many I needed. But um, no doubt, mate, I reckon you'll uh, you'll go a long way to playing those what do you 200. Think? For you or for me? You. Oh, I think now... Now that I'm, you know, I'm kind of realistically at a chance to play 300, I'd love to play 300, love to. Mm. Um, you know, it'd be, as you said, to play one game was something I'd be extremely proud about. But then it was once I played 100, it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I want to play for as long as possible. And um, you get to 150 and it's like, you definitely want to get to 200. Now that I'm, as you know, I'm at 222 to be exact. I um, I would love to get to 300. I feel like it'd be an incredible achievement. Um. You know, I've at least got two years left on my contract, so play those two years and then see how I'm going, and hopefully I can continue on after that. And um, I feel like I'm I'm putting myself in a good position to in terms of my recovery. So, yeah, who knows? It'd be nice. It'd be nice to um, it'd be nice to get that because yeah, what an achievement that would be! Unbelievable. Two fifty for you will be next year, won't it? The way that it'll work out. If hyper, yeah, well, knock on wood again. I don't want to. Any injuries? If I don't get injured, then yeah, I could play two fifty next year, which would be yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's a long way now. Yeah, oh, that'd be crazy. Game at a time, though, mate. Game <laughs> at a time. Any other footy stuff that you uh, want to talk about before we get into our um, we review our games? 
I was going to start talking about you, mate, and how you dominated again and um, the big flea kicking six in his 50th. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Oh, mate, he was uh, unbelievable. One of the best games I've seen an individual play uh, that I've definitely been involved in. Um, and I think it was off the back of – and, yeah, it was definitely off the back of his intent to more, I guess, want to, I guess, make a stand for, you know, how we haven't been playing the last couple of weeks. And I know that was his mindset going in and that was purely to fly for everything and, and compete at ground level and bring that heat and bring the pressure, let his flair shine. And he did. And he, you know, he led our forward line and, and you know, during the game, we, we obviously lost Jonesy, which is obviously a, a massive loss for us who's been in all Australian form and one of the great players of the season. Then we lost T.O., um, you know, in, in the middle of the second and the Naughty had to go down back. So, you know, it was quite challenging for our forwards to, I guess, to stay in it. And the fact that he was able to, I guess, lead the forwards and, and really take charge and, um, as I said, fly for the, the marks that he did and bring the ball to ground. And, and then the fact that he was able to then have shots on goal and kick the goals that he kicked. He had a couple of really tough set shots, a couple from the boundary line. Mm. And it's something that he works, um, you know, a, a lot on and something that he prides himself on being able to finish in front of goal for us because, you know, we've really struggled in front of goal and – Again, we struggled in front of goal on the weekend. We kicked 15 goals, 15 from 75 entries, which is another frustrating thing. Um, it was one of the most complete games I've seen. For him to do it in his 50th, um, unbelievable. And, you know, I think if you were to watch his highlight reel just from his 50 games, um, you know, if you watched it in 20 years' time from now, you'd think, you know, he was one of the best players in the competition because it's an incredible highlight reel and, um, you know, something that I'm, uh, I'm proud to have been a part of and I'm very proud to play with him. He um, had an unbelievable game. Yeah, he was he was incredibly good. Um, he's always been that type of player too. Like you said, you sort of touched on it a little bit. When we weren't kicking goals, uh, we were kicking behinds, and then you get it in his hands, and he just has that really calm mind and and puts it through the big sticks, which is always nice mm. when you know you're trying to put a score on the scoreboard to win the game, but also just to start getting the roll on. And he's been one of those players for his whole career, really. That's um been really calm minded. I think. Uh, you probably agree too, mate. Oh, I totally agree. And and he takes pride in, you know, the work he does away from footy and um, really being able to focus mm. and narrow in when he gets the game day. Um, and one thing I love about him as well is, you know, he's clearly a high-energy player and um, what you see is what you get. The way he is on field, he's like that off-field. You know, he's up and about and always laughing, smiling, jovial, joking around. And the best thing about it is it doesn't – his mood doesn't dictate by whether we win or lose, which is a great learning I, I believe for a lot of a lot of players and you know early in my career I was and even now not to the extent as I did early in my career but my moods were dictated by whether we won or lost and in hindsight you look back and I think oh, I wish I could have been you know a bit more positive or a bit more up and about and realize that it is only a game at the end of the day yes it's our job but we're privileged to do what we do and I think that's something that he does really well he he can balance playing footy and then balance being you know, off the footy field and still being able to be himself and enjoy himself and his family's in the room and, you know, he's smiling, happy and, and as I said, real jovial. So it's definitely full credit to him. If you were to pick, who gets the three Brownlow votes, mate, out of you having 34 and one, Bonty having 32 and three and Cody kicking six, uh, how do you reckon that works out? Um, definitely not me. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a Brownlow vote getter um, or definitely not anymore. Um, I think I'm hoping Bonty purely because, you know, he's a genuine chance to win the Brownlow this year and you're cheering hard for him. So if there's another three votes there for him, I'm hoping he gets it. Then that's not, you know, if Cody gets it, that's great. Um, so I'm hoping for the fact that he could win. So my, my choice would be Bont three, Cody two, and probably Liver one. (laughs) Yeah. Liver one. No way. You'll get. You'll get a couple of votes, I reckon. You have to. You have to. I actually no. reckon it'll go. I reckon it'll go. Bont you then, Cody. That's oh, my. That's cons- my guess. Considering it's we'll a, revisit. Considering it's a um, Brownlow Medal, they say it's a midfielder's award. Probably, usually, probably the way it goes. Don't you reckon? Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on from your game, mate? Just give the uh, our um, fans a bit of a oh, rundown. Yeah. Yeah. There's obviously. I don't want to say relieved. You know, we're happy we won. I want to say relieved because it's almost like. You know, we now move on and and it's back to, you know, kind of what it was, which it isn't. I'm just happy that we were able to play our, I guess we played in patches how we wanted to play. And 
that was real intense defensively. We, you know, in terms of inside 50 and territory, we dominated that aspect of the game, which is something that I'm, I'm proud of. We were able to, you know, really dom- dominate the territory battle and um, give our forwards a great opportunity. Um, you know, I was disappointed that we kicked 15-15. Um, and I was on the back end of those points too, that usually two goals that I, I would, um, you know, kick in my sleep and, and I'm very disappointed I didn't. But it's one of those areas that we need to keep practicing and, and working on. Um, you know, I was disappointed that, you know, I think we had you know, double the amount of inside 50s and, and they were still able to score 80 points against us, which is, you know, I'm, I, you know, I was – you're never satisfied. You always want to be better and, and see where you can improve. And that's definitely an area I think, you know, we can improve. I feel like they move the ball at times too easy from our back half, sorry, from our forward half, so their back half, and scored too easily. And, and that's something we've been working on throughout the year. So, um, yeah, happy that we won and, and very, you know, very pumped we're able to get back on the winner's list and go into the bye with a win, um, especially considering the hard work we've put in on the track, you know, the past few weeks. But there's still areas where I know we can improve and, um, you know, and, and I know I know people will say, and, and I've already seen it. You know, it's North Melbourne this and that, but I don't buy into that. North Melbourne are, you know, they're they're are way better than where they are placed on the ladder. They clearly have have taken it up against us. They took it up against Essendon, almost beat Essendon, who are a top eight team, almost beat the Giants, who you know are on the border of top eight teams. They've been in some great contests this year. They've got some great young players, and they play a really exciting brand of footy. So. As we've touched on, a win's a win, and it doesn't matter what the opposition is, who we're playing against. It's there's no easy wins in this competition, and um, very pleased that we're able to win the game. But definitely areas that um, you know that we can definitely improve in. Yeah, I was watching, and uh, you know, I saw the the the, uh, the game was sort of a bit, you know, similar to what ours was on Friday night. I feel like you know they'd score a goal, you'd score a goal, and it'd just be a bit of back and forth. And um, as you said, I feel like that you know everyone out there these days that. Footy is a lot harder with no matter who you play. And I feel like everyone's got to understand that. Like each week you go into a game and you've got to prepare the way that you would for the best team in the competition because any given day, that that team that you're playing against can bring their best footy and beat you. So if you're off a little bit, then uh, the other team will take a mile. But probably lead us into, into our game on Friday night, which was, as I said, it was a bit of an arm wrestle for most of the night. And then our inaccurate kicking as well let us down because we probably should have kicked away in that third quarter. I thought we really built it up. The first quarter was a little disappointing. Um, from our point of view, we didn't really uh, get the balance right at the source. Um, they probably got us on the outside a little bit too much, which we sort of knew that they wanted to do. Um, they get on your back at stoppages and try and push under and then feed on that outside ball. You probably know what I'm talking about because you've watched them a fair bit. But mm-hmm. um, very similar to Adelaide, the way that they play, which was – uh, something that we'd sort of talked about prior. So to go into the first quarter and not do what we wanted to was disappointing. But after quarter time, I feel like we got the game back on our terms and um, minus a few lapses and me personally had a couple of lapses where I collapsed in and allowed their player to get on the outside and they ended up scoring from it. So a um, few things we want to tidy up. But as you said, a win's a win and uh, we'll take it and we look forward to, to this week against the Saints on a Friday night, which will be a huge game. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like you summed it up pretty well. Um, you know, they Sydney obviously had, had their backs against the wall quite a bit this year, and um, I, clearly yeah. their year hasn't gone to plan the way they thought it would have, and and yet they've still got you know another nine, eight, eight nine games to go, and you know their best footy is as good as anyone's, but you've clearly seen that in in um, you know drips and drabs because they you know started off the game really well, you know there were times throughout the game where they looked like they were gonna come back and really come at you and, and then potentially hit the lead. But you guys are able to, you know, I then wrestle it back and, um, you know, as you said, ultimately win the game. It must have been pleasing that you were able to, you know, you just said, yeah, a win's a win. But, you know, the fact that you were able to do it being down at, well, in the first quarter, quarter time, then hitting a lead, then them coming back and then you guys hitting another lead, coming back. You must have been pleased that you were able to, I guess, go through a game like that, still come away with a win against a really good opposition in, in Waddy Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only the last time we were down at quarter time was against the Pies here in round four. So, um, yeah, it was a. It's one of those ones that you, as you said, you you want to win in the, those close games. You want to be able to learn how to do mm. it when the heat's on and the pressure's on. So to do it against the Swans, you know, a desperate Swans team because, as you said, they, you know, where they are on the ladder probably isn't where they want to be. So um, they're really looking forward to 
getting their bit best footy going and no better opportunity to do it against us up here on our home ground. So um, they came out with a full head of steam and it was nice to be able to weather that storm a little bit and and when the game got tough, we I felt like we stood up, which was which was promising. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What about yourself? How did you find your own individual game? I know you got a, a couple of coaches' votes again, which is great. As I said, I think there was a few opportunities that I'd like to have back. There was um, there was one stoppage where I let a D fifty stoppage where it was sort of a repeat stoppage, and I didn't I wasn't urgent enough to get to my opponent. He ended up getting the ball and getting a free kick. So they're the things that sort of annoy me, mate. You know that that pisses me off when I when I let myself down and my team down uh, defensively because mm-hmm. that's what I pride myself on. So a um, couple other times, you know, just getting got collapsing in. So pretty much coming from the outside to the inside to try and put pressure on and they got a handball over the top and use that guy that I was that I was assigned to or that I was on at the time. So um, things, a couple of things there, but offensively and, and defensively outside of those few things, I thought I had a pretty well-balanced game. Um, score involvement, like I was, I felt I had a good impact from uh, the inside mid role that I was playing, and um, it was just nice to contribute. As as I say every week, I just want to play my role for the team. But um, yeah, everyone gets a bit of a lick of the ice cream, which is nice. Uh, each well, week in, week out, as someone different, which is good for for the Lions Footy Club. Yep, agreed. Very modest as always. You have an unbelievable season, mate. So um, keep going. Um, what about uh, one of your teammates, Nab Rising Star, this week? Touch on that. Yeah, Moddy. I call him Real Mott because in our uh, real estate course, he's doing it with me and he calls himself Real Mott. That's what his business is going to be called when he uh, <laughs> when he gets a a, uh, a real estate agency. He's going to call it Real Mott. But it's a it's a yeah. He's a funny man, mate. He's one of those guys that you just you just love because he brings so much character to the football club and um yeah, you know, we love him so much. And on field, he's I personally I think that he's having one of the best years out of all the. Nab Rising Stars, and they probably could have given him this nomination weeks ago. So, um, yeah, he's he's been really important for us. You know, on a he's played a bit of wing, he's played a bit of forward, he's played a bit of down back, and he just each week he gets something different. But he's just ready to go for whatever that opportunity is. And um, those those players are sometimes hard to come by, and you know, versatile and and the way that he approaches it is just incredible. So. Very professional bloke, but um, what everyone sees on the outside is probably a bit of a crazy moddy and a um, bit of a laughing moddy. So it's nice to see all the work that he does behind the scenes because, yeah, he knows when to switch on, which is great. That's great. So, uh, yeah, I've seen a funny int- – uh, I think it's a podcast that Cam Rayner and Lockie Neal do, or is it maybe just Cam Rayner's podcast? Um, oh, yeah. They interviewed – yeah, I think it's through the website. They interviewed um, – Moddy, as you call him, and it was quite funny. He was talking about his draft story and Pepsi Maxes and all that stuff that he was having. It was quite <laughs> funny. If you haven't had a listen, make sure. I think it's on the Brisbane Lions website, so make sure you go and have a listen. Yeah. Something that has obviously been quite interesting throughout the past week involving your footy club, um, and I'm not, too, I'm not too sure how much you can talk about, which obviously you don't have to, but um, Jack Gunston and Daniel Rich, obviously there are – you know, they took some – oh, well, they're taking their own leave. Is that what happened? They they said they want to take some leave and have a little bit of a preseason and um, weren't happy with their own form and, yeah, want to want to get right in a couple of weeks' time so when they come in, they can play better. Is that pretty much what it is? Yeah. I've, there's there's no um, lies to this story. It's completely honest, and I think Fags came out last week and told the footy world what was going on, but there's not one lie in that. Like Those two boys have mm. put their hand up. Individually, they've recognised it. They're not they're not playing the best footy that they want to play, and um, it's so selfless. In my eyes, I, I like when I heard about it, I was just like, "That's just incredible!" Like for those two guys to to own up to it, really, and and say, "Look, we're not at our best. We don't think we should be playing. I want to give mm-hmm. this opportunity to other guys." Like, there's there'd be uh, there'd be so many people out there that are finished now and that are still playing that would probably be in a similar position, but continue to mm-hmm. play. And just because they're getting a game, whereas these two guys have got incredible records. Like they've played a mm. number of games. Gunners has played in premierships. Like the way that it, the way that it's all panned out for them would be very hard to own up to, I think. So incredibly selfless for those boys, the way that they've approached it and they're going to get to work and um, we're going to help them through that little mini pre- preseason that they're going to do. And, and then, yeah, come back at, you know, whenever it is and uh, play some good footy for us, which I'm, I'm so excited for because, as I said, just very proud of them to be able to stand up and, and admit to it. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. When I first read it, obviously, I don't buy into all the stuff saying there's lies and this and that. Um, you know, they they seem like two players, and as you just said, who hold um, great integrity within themselves and um, are very proud um, footy players and people. And the fact that they are selfless enough to actually say that is massive credit to him. And, you know, you've got to put your ego you know, at the door and, and walk in and, and tell Fags and tell whoever is necessary that, you know, I don't believe I should be playing. And, and it takes a lot of guts to do that. And for them to do that, I, I give him a massive, you know, tick and well done. And, and as you said, I feel like give him that preseason, they're going to come back and they're going to be two more weapons that you add to your footy side who, you know, have played mm. some great footy and, um, you know, can, can, can continue to play great footy. So, no, nah, it's great by them. Um, did you see it all, Lazi, go down the – um? Well, get uh, knocked down on that thing where you got to go into the water. On the that, did you see that at all? Nah, I didn't because she was uh, she was at half time. So we were oh. down the rooms trying to put a put a plan together for the second half, and she was up on the big screen <laughs> getting it all done. So yeah. I missed it, but I did see the replay. She she didn't even um, go right under. Apparently, I like, know from what no, I she saw, got stuck. Yeah, she got stuck. Yeah. And then kind of dove in herself, and it looked like they said, "Oh, get under, Lara." So she went under herself, but. Um, I'll tell you what I was impressed with the most. She looked good in the Sydney Swans uh, outfit that Panda clearly let her wear. Yeah, I know. She dressed up as dad for those that don't know. Um, had the big mullet on the on the head, which was, it was a bit <laughs> yeah. of a random kit. But uh, it, it did the job. It was good. Yeah, it looked really good. I liked, um, I liked the fact that because that's not the first time. Oh, Brisbane do that every year, don't they? They do. They have their own big freeze dunking. I love the fact that yep. that Brisbane do that and and have their own night. I think it's really special. And the fact that he, um, Lazi was there, um, Adam Reynolds was there, the uh, yep. um, Lockie Wiggle was there, who is is one of uh, <laughs> Georgie's favorite. And and I kid you not, one of Georgie's favorite characters. Not the fact that he's part of the Wiggles. Um, Georgie has a, a couple um, teddies and dolls and. She's got Emma Wiggle and she's got Lockie Wiggle and um you know we were able to surprise her with a Lockie Wiggle video. I'll I'll, I'll um I'll send through to Brado to get him to chop it up and um and show it to our, our listeners out there because it's one of the cutest videos you'll see. The fact that you know you're this little kid, Georgie being this kid and and loves Lockie Wiggle. She then sees Lockie Wiggle send a private message to her and and say hey Georgie and actually really gets into character and um yeah, yeah. It just makes it really special for Georgie which is greatly appreciated but yeah it's a great um cause that you guys do every um every year yeah it's very important to the footy club and I know Fags as well he um he's one of the big drivers in in doing that so yeah it was a it was an honor to be a part of and um I know obviously the Monday game was the King's birthday game was the main one but. Uh, yeah, ours was obviously up there too. So, uh, an absolute honor to play on on such a big occasion. Yep, totally agree. Um, I'll move on to your game Friday night blockbuster. You uh, obviously uh, playing at Marvel Stadium down in Melbourne. Run us through the the week ahead and and the task ahead against the Saints, who a uh, who are a very good side. Yeah, looking forward to playing on Friday night again. It's two weeks in a row for us and. Um, don't take those prime time slots lightly. Uh, you know, obviously, a majority of the eyes will be glued to the TV on Friday night, so um, everyone wants to play well and and get that win. And it's going to be a huge challenge for us, as we say every week. But this week, I think even more so because of the Saints and the way that they're playing uh, defensively. I feel like their Ross Lyons obviously brought in a new game plan, and um, they really like to you know get back and then springboard from there. So. It's a huge, huge challenge for us, and we're going to have to be at our absolute best on Friday night to take it right up to them. But we had a little look at them today and, yeah, putting some plans in place, mate, to hopefully play some good footy. But it's going to be, a yeah, a big test for us and really looking forward to it. Were you able to watch a bit of their game on um, on the weekend against um, Richmond? I didn't get to see a lot of it. I've watched a bit of them over the last couple of weeks, but... Yeah, I didn't get to see a lot of them because I was actually at uh, Tipper's netball game on oh, yes. on the Saturday night. Yes. So uh, I think we're going to talk about that soon. But yeah, it was um it was an interesting game. I, I saw that it was pretty wet against the Tigers um on Saturday night. So a bit of a different one playing under the lid at Marvel Stadium, I, I'd assume. So they've played some good footy there. They beat you guys there early in the year. So they've they're beating some good teams and um, playing some good footy. So. Yeah, going to be a cracker on Friday night, I think. 
Oh, agreed. Is there? Um, I like to talk. Always like to talk matchups or players you're looking forward to playing against. Anyone for you stand out? Oh, clearly you're inside, and they've got guys like Brad Crouch and and I know Jack Steele. Um, you know, there's a, they've already spoken this week how you know they're you know kind of riding Jack Steele a little bit, and which I feel always happens when a player might have a dip in form, and um, he's an absolute champion and. You know the reason why he's the captain of the footy club. I um I was fortunate enough to play with him at the Giants a couple of years and couldn't speak more highly of him. I think he's an absolute superstar. So I expect him to come out and you know play an absolute blinder. Is there any players that you're looking forward to coming against or might match up against? Yeah, well he's probably one of them. I think you know Jack Steele. He's one of the players that I've looked up to as well. He's I think he's a year or two older than me. Um, but just yeah, incredible the way that he goes about his footy and his life and similar to mm. Koch, what we were talking about before saying, you know, how much of a leader he is. Well, Jack Steele's a, a great leader, I think, and he just plays his footy very similar to what I do. So he's going to be one that I'll probably um, come across on the night, as you touched on. And, yeah, Crouch and Seth Ross and, you know, Jade Gresham goes through there. Sinclair goes through there. There's a lot of guys that um, they try and spin the wheels through there. And Mason Wood, I think, spends some time in there. So we're going to have our hands full, but hopefully our best can can take it right up to them and, sort of negate what they want to do around the source and then we can play footy from there. So looking forward to it. I, uh, I cannot wait to watch it. I think it's going to be a beauty. I'll be, uh, I'll be up in nice sunny Brisbane being able to watch. I actually think it's, um, it's, it's Spud's game too. So it's a massive, yes. massive game for AFL in general. But obviously the Saints, you know, get, get around it and um, do it every year. So that's going to be another huge occasion for us on Friday night, which is um, a very important game for, as I said, the, the whole AFL and the wider world, which is important. Yes, great uh, message, Joshy. You're, you're spot on, true champion and legend of our sport. And just in general, Danny Frawley. Um, yeah, I'll, as I said, I'll be able to uh, watch the game up there in Brisbane because I'll be up there, you know, my buy this week. So I'll be uh, sitting up, feet on the couch, might have a cheeky beer in hand, watching uh, you run a muck at <laughs> uh, Marvel Stadium whilst, up there, whilst I'm up there in sunny Brisbane. Yeah, well, it's going to be 27 degrees, man, I think, on, on the weekend. So you'll be you'll be able to get that pale skin of yours nice and tan. <laughs> Don't get jealous because you do get jealous when, when we went away. Remember that time I spent most of my off-season up in Queensland and you must have been going around and I came back and I was a lot more tanner than you. And uh, you were a little bit jealous there, so uh, maybe these four days might be good for me. <laughs> yeah, I remember I but was no, a bit I'll jealous because be I went down to I went down to Adelaide, and um, you were up in Brizzy, and it wasn't such good weather in Adelaide, so I couldn't really tan as much <laughs> as what you were, and your speedos up in Brisbane every day. So um, <laughs> I'm I'm happy that I'm up here now, and and you're down there because I'm a bit yeah. browner than you. Yeah, well, definitely not tanning here in Melbourne, and it is freezing. But no, I I, I can't wait. It's as I said, it's. It's a long season, and then and we're actually the last week of the buy, which is a bit unique this year. Because I swear the buy has been over a four week period, I think, and we're obviously the last week. So I'm really looking forward to getting up and seeing the girls. I haven't seen the girls in over a month, and um, I'm excited to see Kimmy and Georgie. And as I said, I'll be uh, watching your game, and you know, might venture out to see Kaiser if he's uh, if he's um, in Brizzy, and might go to your pad. I haven't seen your pad in a while, and no state of origin there. I was trying to get Bevo to let me get off on the Wednesday so I could fly up on the <laughs> Wednesday to watch State of Origin. Are you going to State of Origin for what it's worth? Uh, yeah, I think I am. I'm trying to get tickets, um, but I might be uh, sneaking a couple in. Yeah, I think I might be able to get in there, which would be good. Oh, well, you're only nearby, so it won't be too hard for you, but it's going to be an absolute ripper of a game, and I cannot wait to um, to watch it. But yeah, as I said, I, um, I'm looking forward to this buy and Having a break, being able to rest the body, it's nice to uh, – it's coming at a nice time for us. We're able to, um, you know, enjoy the fact that uh, we've put in this much work. Now we get a week off and then really attack the second half of the week uh, – second half of the year. So it's going to be good. But is there any more footy you want to talk about before we move on to uh, to the netball? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you a question. Um, and you could probably – you didn't ask me this, but one a bit of – it's a bit off record. But um, how, do you, how have you seen the first half of your season – and, you know, you look at where you are now as a team. Um, what do you expect and have has the have has the first half of the season sort of met your expectations, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, mate, I know what you mean. I'm never satisfied ever, ever. Could be uh, – mm. we could be 14 and 0 right now and I wouldn't be satisfied. But, um, no, I guess, you know, initially to answer your question, probably, 
You know, I probably thought we would have definitely won a couple more games than what we did. Um, not to say that, you know, I don't oh, – I'm disappointed or anything, which I'm not. You know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into a season and um, and that starts all the way, way back in November, December when we get back to training and, um, you know, you start to put into practice how you want to play and whatnot. So, yeah, I guess to initially answer your question um, – it would have been nice to have a couple more wins there considering the the positions that we'd been in. Um, happy that we're definitely in the top eight and, and um, you know, our, our footy, I believe, is as good as anybody and we've been able to show that and, and we've had some great wins. We, we obviously beat you guys, which is a great win that we had in round three. We had a great game against Freo over in WA, which I, I felt like really set up our first half of the season where we won, you know, I think four or five games in a row, which is... You know, which was exciting playing a really good brand of footy. I feel like the last couple of weeks were obviously disappointing. Last three weeks to be exact, that um, we weren't able to have a win in any of those games considering we were in a winning position against, um, you know, all of those games, Gold Coast, Geelong and Port Adelaide. Um, but, yeah, to, to go into the bye, I think we're eight and eight and six. As I said, we're, we're sitting, I think, seventh, six or seventh, equal six, I think, on points. Um, obviously, we've played a game ahead of of most teams, so um, happy that we're we're thereabouts. But um, you know, obviously, a little bit little bit of disappointment that we weren't able to win a couple more games than what I believe we could have. Um, but that's just exciting for our second half of the season. We've got um, Freo post by, but then we've got some really challenging games. You know, Freo. Then after Freo, we got Colling. We've got a couple more challenging games there. So um, you know, to to be the best, you got to beat the best, and. You know, we're going to have to do that post-buy if we want to really set up our back half of the season and then, you know, hopefully be able to push to make a, a case for a finals run. And then, yeah, who knows from there? It's a whole new ball game. So, yeah, um, pleased that uh, we're thereabouts, but definitely room for improvement. What about you? Yeah, I mean, going into our buy, well, now, uh, I think we're nine and four. So, yeah, midway point of the season, it's a nice position to be in. We probably... As you said, lost a couple of games that we, we would have liked to have won, but um, beaten some good teams that are obviously above us too in, in Collingwood and Melbourne. Uh, didn't beat Port, but hopefully we can get them later in the year. So, yeah, I think it's been a promising start for us. The, a few of the numbers have been good, uh, shown what we've tried to you know work on across the preseason has worked So um, or is working. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to using that and, and propelling into – the second half or whatever, you know, I think there's, what, 10 or 11, 12 games left now, I think, mm, out of 23 mm, rounds. 11. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, looking forward to to that. And then we've got some great games coming up over the next few weeks that are going to be really important for us and, and where we want to be. So, uh, looking forward to, to that. Both sound uh, not satisfied. We're always happy that uh, we're thereabouts. But, yeah, definitely room for improvement. I know you're like that and I'm definitely like that. Um, good question yeah. though. What about uh, what about we move on netball? We're uh, we've we've we're done with footy for the week. Netball, mate. Yeah. It was uh, you know we won't start with wins or losses. We're going to start with Tipsy. Tipsy had a at a milestone, a great milestone. Played a fiftieth game. You were there to watch her. Obviously had a great win. Um, how was uh, how was Tipsy feeling? And then how was the night? Yeah, it was good. It's a, for those that don't know, like fifty games is a bit different to the footy term. Fifty mm. games. I think fifty games is sort of like equivalent to. 100 games, would you say that? Would you say it's equivalent yeah. to 100? Yeah, definitely. Footy? It's 14 games in a regular season. So, yeah. Um, yes, I would. Yeah, so it was, it was good. I mean, just to be able to go down there and support her. We obviously played Friday night, so um, ventured down on Saturday. We had to do a bit of an umpiring thing for AFL Queensland on Saturday morning, which all the players went out to. It was a funny video of me and um, Harris Andrews and Devin Robertson on yeah, taking <laughs> on Saturday. That. It's actually... Yeah, was a, a few of the boys took a bit of a laugh out of that, but ventured up after that um, to the Sydney and yeah, my uncle got picked me up and we went out to watch Tipper and her, all her family were there and a couple of friends. So it was nice to be there to support her and um, great achievement. And they got the win too over the New South Wales Swifts. So um, moving into the finals, they've, they've beaten the team that they're going to play in the first week already. So uh, huge uh hopefully advantage for them and, and belief that they can actually do it because as we'll probably talk about, the finals start this week and mm. and they're playing each other. So for a spot in the grand final this week, they've got to go back to Sydney and beat the Swifts again, which is exactly what they did last week. So 
looking forward to to that. I'll actually be able to go to that too because um, we play Friday night again. So I'm going to go back through Sydney and then up to Queensland after that. So um, yeah, all the best to the the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Yeah, you're a spot on. It's um, it's quite unique. They play them in the last round, then obviously play the exact same game a week later, just in the finals. Has uh, has Tipsy played in a final series? That's no, the first um, one, mate. First one. First one. How's she feeling? Yeah, I think she's excited. She's probably a little bit nervous. She gets a bit nervous pre-game, and all. Yeah, I ask her. I actually ask her all the time whether, like, how she feels and what it's like in her mind, and how she, yeah, how she's going. So. Um, she'll be a bit nervous. She's already told me she'll be a bit nervous, but yeah, she's very excited. And I think all of them are, you know, they had a couple of weeks where we talked about it last week where they probably didn't play the netball they wanted to. So to get a big win against the Swifts last week, top of the table, um, gives them huge confidence going into this week. And I think they're all really excited to, to give it their best shot. Yeah. I I feel like it's going to be a cracker. It's the winner of that game goes straight into the granny, don't they? Wow, we so it's going to be an absolute ripper, and it's going to be very. It's going to be a hostile environment for. Was it hostile on the weekend in in a regular season yeah. game? Let alone this week being a final, mate. It was it was actually intense. I could not believe how many like Swifts fans there were. But they played at that Nepal Stadium in in Sydney Olympic yeah. Park. Yeah, I think this week they're yeah. playing at the bigger one, the one yeah. that holds for the. But they play with the basketball at. Um, forgot yeah. what it's called, but. It's it seats. I think it seats about ten or fifteen thousand, something like that. Like it's a big. It's going to be a big stadium. It's going to be full. I was going to say full capacity netball. You know, screaming yep. fans. It's going to be quite intimidating for for Tipper, but no doubt we'll be. Um, you know, you'll be supporting her, and I'll be uh, definitely supporting her from afar, and hoping she wins the game. Yeah, it's going to be huge. I'm really looking forward to that one. Who's the, who plays in the other final? Fever v Vixens, right? Yeah, and that's over in. Perth? Perth. Yes. Wow, we. So it's uh it's exciting. I love watching, you know, you know, we support our girls and and obviously watch them week in, week out. But I love watching finals netball, the intensity in it. I remember watching last year's um, you know, final series with Kimmy and you know, I could see how worked up she was getting watching and I was getting worked up just watching because you can build off that energy. It's so exciting watching that and um what an incredible sport it is for, you know, upcoming young young girls who want to play. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's going to be a great final series and definitely the four best teams are there that have been the four best teams all year. So it's exciting to see and hopefully Tipsy can win and go straight into the granny. Yeah, it'd be huge. I, I think, as you said, it's a, it's a it's a massive game, the final stuff with the netball because every ball that's thrown can either be like intercepted or it can be a mm. great pass, but it just every moment is crucial because if they stuff one thing up, then the other team can go the, their way and score two. So it can be a three-point turnaround essentially, or it could be it could even be a four-point yeah. turnaround if it's in that um, power five time too. So yeah, it's exciting, and I think it's going to be a great final series. Looking forward to to getting down there on or getting up to Sydney on Saturday night. So what's your tip? Give us a tip: who wins the first game, and then who wins the second game? So your obviously game, your tippers game, and then obviously Perth v uh, the Vixens. Well, I honestly think that the Thunderbirds will beat the Swifts. That's not. Yeah, I, I personally felt like they could have beaten them by a little bit more the other day um, if they hadn't have thrown a couple of balls away. Um, so yeah, I think that the Thunderbirds are going to be my tip for that first one, Straight and the green. second one, yep. I think uh, the second one, I think the Fever, I think the Fever will win that one over the Vixens at home. And then hypothetically, who wins between Fever and the Swifts? That'll be New South Wales as well. So that'll be a another blockbuster. Let's not talk about that this week. We'll talk about that next week. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be wrong. Okay, fair enough. You don't nah. want to uh, – I reckon <laughs> – I think I'm going to go with you, Thunderbirds win. Then I'm going to say upset, Vixens beat the Fever. Vixens play New South Wales. And then I'm going to say another upset, Vixens win, and they're going to play uh, the Thunderbirds. And then, bang, Tipper wins a wow. premiership. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> That'd be good. So – in two weeks' time, we'll be able to see if that uh, if that's what happens. But um, I'll be watching with Kimmy, and for what it's worth, Kimmy's had a uh, I think personally had another um, you know incredible season herself. She she won't uh, be you know she'd be very hesitant to say that because I know how proud she is and um, you know how team orientated and how she likes the base, how she goes off you know wins and losses, and obviously they weren't able to win as many games as they'd want to. They played some great netball for 
the second half of the season, in particular the last four to five games, they they were really good. They um you know had a ten point lead on the weekend against uh, the Lightning and then weren't able to win the game, which was obviously Kim was very disappointed because she obviously wanted to finish on a win and being the captain. But um I'm very proud of I'm always proud of her, but even more so proud that she was able to I feel like lead. You know, the way she wanted to lead was a um, always wanted to be an inspiring captain and I feel like she definitely was throughout the year and, and something that I'm very proud of to see her do that and perform at that level um, and be able to change her position and play a bit of wing defence centre as well, which has been, um, yeah, something that I feel like she's flourished in. So, you know, very proud of her and obviously very proud of Lazi as well. I'm very rude and never mention her. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of uh, the way she's gone about it as well. She's had another incredible season. So. Um, yeah, they're probably still, what, two, three days into their Mad Monday? What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I saw some pretty good um, dancing videos of Kim the other day. She, she yes. must have been in some good form, mate. <laughs> uh, she can uh, she can definitely dance. If there's a uh, if, if Georgie ends up being a dancer, she definitely ain't getting it from me because oh, you've, you've seen me try and dance and I cannot dance. <laughs> yeah, you can't dance either, but I can't dance either. Nah, I'm happy to admit that I can't dance. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to move on to mate to our uh, our segment that we do every week. Start start bench cut. So we've gone with NFL clearly, as you said, NFL wide receivers. And uh, again, shout out to Tommy. Tommy is the one who puts this together for us. So thanks, Tommy. Um, you can answer this. Of first, start bench cut. Uh, three players: CD Lamb from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, OBJ. So Dell Beckham, but I think it's a bit hard because he's not as good as he used to be. Mm. Um, so I'm going to say, oh, we'll do OBJ now, and then Chris Olave from the New Orleans Saints. Who's your start bench cut? All right, so I'm going to go OBJ's form from Super Bowl, like that that kind of form. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, we'll do his Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, so, oh, I'm going to say I'm going to start him in his Super Bowl form. I'm going to start him. And then I'm going to bench ooh, Chris Olave and cut CD Lamb. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to nah. start. I've, I should have done the opposite. <laughs> oh, so you're going to go CD Lamb bench and then cut Chris Olave? Yeah. All right. Well done. There's no what in that. So I would start CD Lamb. I think he is, he is generational talent. So he's... Uh, his one-on-one ability when he gets when they when he gets one-on-one looks, he doesn't like he catches the ball all the time. Does never never not catches it, and he's a downfield threat which is unbelievable. My bench would be. See, it's hard because if we're doing current day now, I wouldn't have OBJ because he's definitely nah, yeah. not the OBJ that he once was. He would be my cut, but we're going to go with OBJ because Chris Olave is a second year player. CD Lamb's a third year player. So we're going to go OBJ we'll say he's third year. I'm going to go OBJ bench and then I'm going to cut Chris Olave. They're my three. But if I were to do right now it'd be CD Lamb, Chris Olave and cut OBJ because as I said he's not not the uh, OBJ of old but uh, it's a nice one. I like that there was a different sport change up instead of footy. Yeah, it's good. Maybe next week we'll do an NBA one, which will um, which will really uh, we'll do an interesting one because I really want I really want us to be, I really want us to be opposite to what we pick, so we can debate something. So so you can fire me up because yeah. you always say that I get fired up easy and uh, and I don't believe you. Well, you're the, you're always right. So no matter what it is, it, <laughs> and we can argue about it, but you'll be the one that wants to have the last laugh all the time, mate. So that's all right. We'll just keep working through it. Oh, you know me well. You know me really well. I'll fight tooth and nail until I feel like I'm right. Um, yeah, the only oh, thing, the only thing I've got yet is the uh, is the sumo wrestle. That's about it. Oh yeah, that that's right. You actually did get me in that. You did get me in that. Well done. I still reckon I'd win a normal wrestle now, but you beat me in a sumo wrestle on a technicality. But um, anyway, we'll move on to the oh, a bit of NBA news before we finish because I feel like we've been talking forever. Bradley Beal. Do you see Bradley Beal trade to Phoenix Suns? I did. I did. I, I, I'm a bit confused about this, though, because I feel like him and Book are very similar in terms of what they do on the court. Like, how's it going to work? Mm. Do you see it working? Yeah, I think one of them has to play guard a little bit more. I think I think Bradley Beal can play the guard a little bit better than Devin Booker. 
but I think they're both great scorers. I, I feel like it'll work. Mm. It's just what will be dependent is their depth, and their depth this year in the playoffs was horrendous, absolutely horrendous, and it was the reason why ultimately they weren't let, weren't able to win. So, yeah, I feel like it, it'll work, but it's just like you know when they're sitting on the bench, who's going to come on and you know run this run the reserves? Cool. Who's going to help score and yeah, so it's an yeah. interesting one. I mean, it's a bit weird because teams just seem to be doing it. I mean, we're talking about it now, but who knows? This time in three days' time, when the draft is on, or two days, I'm hearing rumors that Zion Williamson might be traded, going mm-hmm. to a big franchise. You know, LeBron James is over there in in uh, in France having lunch and whatever with Draymond Green, who just opted out of his contract as we speak yesterday, and is now a free agent, unrestricted free agent, who's probably going to go and join LeBron somewhere. And LeBron wants to team up with Kyrie Irving. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a funny season at the moment. Who, who's your? I know we we mentioned last week, um, and I said Miami Heat, and we were allowed to change this. I said we were allowed to change our picks for next year's ring depending on where players were going. And I think you said, who'd you say? Did you say Denver again, back to back? Boston. I don't remember, but I know you didn't say Phoenix. That's what I do know. My question was, yeah. does this now change your opinion? Uh, on Phoenix? Well, yeah. Does it change your opinion? Does Do you nah. now think Phoenix nah, not, or? No, nah, nah. I don't think Phoenix are going to win it with, with that kind of lineup. Like you said, I think that the depth is going to be challenged too much when, when the pointy end of the season comes. So, yeah, I don't think Phoenix with that with that lineup will. I think they'll challenge it, but they won't. They won't get the chip next year. I think, yeah, I'm with you. I think Denver will be up there. Miami will be up there. I think Boston will be up there. I reckon it'll look very similar to what this year was with the Lakers and all that too. So depending on where LeBron goes, obviously. Yeah, well, I I agree with you. I, I still think I still feel like there's definitely moves that are going to happen. So our opinions are going to change. I said Miami last week, and I ain't going to change my opinion. I still think Miami because doing a bit of research and. Brian uh, Woj, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's the guy that always Woj. breaks the news. He always breaks the news, yeah. and it always comes out before the news actually comes out. He said he said there was a bit of talk about Damian Lillard um, potentially being on the market, and never meant we haven't really spoken about you know our favorite players. Damian Lillard, for me personally, is one of the greatest players I've ever seen, and I thoroughly believe if Steph Curry was never Steph Curry. We would talk about Damian Lillard the way we talk about Steph Curry. He's unbelievable, and he's so underrated, I still believe. He needs to get out of Portland because he needs to go and chase a ring. I believe he's going to go to Miami, and I believe that as soon as he goes to Miami, there you go. They're definitely my my pick for the uh, for the ring. That's huge. If that happens, that's that would be huge for Miami. I hope it does. Um, I want to I wanna mention Draymond Green again, as, we, as I mentioned before, because he's probably going to move on. We've seen the kind of character that he is, and he's very outlandish, and you know expresses how he feels quite a bit. Would you like to play with a player like that, just personally? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I wouldn't <laughs> mind it. You know, everyone everyone talks about him being a bit of yeah, bit of a loose cannon at times, but I think it gets the boys up a little bit too. Like it, everyone would love his passion and the way that he plays because he plays with his heart on the line every every game. So. Um, no better way to to lead a group of players or for players to feed off than to follow someone like Draymond. That's what I think. But what do you think? Oh yeah, I, I agree, and I believe that he's been right up there as important with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson as well. But I think Draymond's importance was a little bit more than what Clay's was in those years. With no disrespect to Clay, um, clearly the big three, but I think Draymond's right up there with with Steph. And that there's no way they win as many rings as they do without him playing and him being the person that he is. So, yeah, I would love to play with someone like him. And I genuinely believe he's going to link up somewhere else outside of Golden State, um, you know, soon. Because the draft is this week and Zion, imagine Zion going to a different franchise. And the belief is that he's actually going to get traded and he's going to be leaving the Pelicans. That'd be pretty crazy, eh? That would be crazy. If that happens, that'd be huge news. I I think that he goes to a big franchise. That's my belief because New Orleans is a small market. So I reckon he goes to a big market and who knows where it may be. But it's, a, um, it's been a pretty uh, 
crazy offseason so far in the NBA. And as I said, the draft this week and then a couple more trades would be exciting. I ask you every week, have you done any, done any NFL fantasy mock drafts? <laughs> no, mate. No. Oh. No, I haven't. I just, I'll just wing it when the time comes. You know me. Uh, I haven't done any research on it in the past week since I asked you last week on the episode. Nah. Nah. How, how long away is the draft? Oh, well. We can schedule the mo- we can schedule the draft whenever we want, but the season starts in in three. So September fifth is when the season starts. So yeah, we've got we've got a while. We've got two and a half months. We've got ages, mate. We don't need to be talking about this stuff now. I'm going to slip it in, mate. I'm going to slip the NFL fantasy in <laughs> at some stage in one of these episodes. But um, it's been another good one, hasn't it? It has, mate. We've got another update here on the. Uh... 1,000 five-star rating. So we still haven't quite got there, but we are very close. We're not going to give you the exact number this week, but uh, make sure you hit up all your mates. Make sure everyone rates us um, five stars because once we hit that 1,000 mark on Spotify um, and Apple, we're going to give away a massive, we're going to do a massive giveaway. So be sure to jump on there and, and get everyone around it because we're looking forward to yeah throwing in a few things for our, our loyal fans. Um, and one other thing before we go is, we're doing some uh, Oz American Aces apparel, so uh, stay tuned for that. We know it's getting very cold down in Melbourne, so there's going to be a few <laughs> hoodies and and uh, things like that to keep you nice and warm. So we've decided to get to work there and uh, potentially throw might have to throw an ads and dunks one on, on the on there too, mate. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, we'll make a couple specialized ones because I know when uh, I don't know when you when you um, do your lap of like victory after your game. Do you ever get anyone in the crowd yell out? Oh, I love the Ads and Dunks podcast. When can we get some, I don't know, some shirts or whatever it may be? I had one on the weekend just going by. Yeah, I, I get it a bit, actually. Everyone's like, oh, I love the podcast. Um, <laughs> remember that guy in, remember that guy in Perth that um no, was it Perth or was it at Marvel? Nah, the guy that no, had it was our, Marvel. It was at Marvel, yeah. And we got a photo with him. That was pretty cool yep. when we when we did that. We'll have to get around it and um make some ads and dunks. Oz American Aces uh apparel. That'd be pretty cool. Yep, I agree. But as you said, it's been a uh, another great episode. Thanks for listening uh, to the Ads and Dunks podcast. As always, go to the Oz American Aces channel. Have a look. Support us. Rate us. Like us. Um, we want to get a thousand likes, as you said, because we've got an enormous giveaway. We're slowly creeping up there. Dunks ain't going to give away how far away we are, but we're so so close. So make sure you get on, like us, support us, as you've been doing. Thank you so much for listening to us, as always. And uh, well done, Dunks. Well done, mate. I uh, wish you all the best this week. Can't wait to watch. Uh, whilst I'll have my feet up there in Queensland watching you dominate at Marvel. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I look forward to seeing you on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs>